All right. Here we go. So today's daf is daf Memches, page 48. And we are up to Amar Rami Barchoma, which is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven lines down in the wide lines on Memches on 48A. Okay? Seven lines down. I'll give everybody a minute to grab the place. All right, here we go. So we were discussing yesterday that if a person cooks on Yomta for Shabbos, whether or not you're Mechuyev, you would be obligated to Malkus if you don't make an Erev Tavshilin. I'm sorry, this is if you cook on, on a Yomta for a, for a regular weekday, not for Shabbos. Okay? If you cook Yomta for a weekday, whether you'll be Chayev and Malkus. Or do we say there's no Chayev Malkus because of the rule Hayel. Hayel sins, technically, if guests would show up on Yomtif itself. You would use it for Yomtif now that you, now that the guests didn't show up, is a reason to not obligate? Is is a reason to uh, obligate you? No, you're still not going to be obligated. That's what the rule of Hayel since it's possible that it would end up being permitted. That's what it's going to do for us. All right. This machlokas on is actually a pre-existing machlokas between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shua. The Rabbi Yezer Savar, holds. We do say, this is referring to baking the loaves of bread. And he said that um, you should bake the bread and then separate it afterwards. Rabbi Shua says, we don't say, and therefore, uh, Rabbi Shua will hold like Rav Chista, that if you bake on Yom Tif for uh, if you bake on Yom Tif for Chayel for a weekday, you would be Chayov in Malkus. Omer of Papa, Papa says, no, not this, the two Machloksin about how to separate that Chal. Remember that Machloikas about Afrosh's Chal, right? What do you do when you're making Chal on, on Pesach itself and you have to separate the dough? You can't let it become Chomet. So we have a whole Machloikas, three-way Machloikas, the Mishnah, what the proper thing to do. Do you bake it and then separate the, the Chal afterwards? Uh, do you say keep it in cold water? Or do we say, let it sit because it's not yours anyway. It belongs to the Kahanim. So Amar of Papa, of Papa says, Maybe Rebbe Liazor only holds that you say Hayol in a case. Because if you were to put each loaf of dough separately in the oven, so each one would be The word means it is fit. Fit means you can. it's fit to use the word of Hayol. Because you could look at each loaf of bread or each particular matzah, and we could say, oh, this one is the one that I want for yomtiv. If I bake 20 loaves of bread, I know I only need two for yomtiv. Technically, I could look at each loaf of bread and say, oh, that's the loaf I'm going to use. Or maybe that's the loaf, or maybe that's the loaf, or that's the loaf. And that's where we say, in a case where there's no chance, where it's going to be fit for him. Rather, it's only going to be make sense if he ends up with a bunch of guests. Aima, maybe he'll say, in such a case, it's too far-fetched, and we're not going to say, therefore the two machleksen don't necessarily go hand in hand. Number of Shisha, 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 Shisha,
this is not a proper uh, connection, uh, proper connection between the machleks. And I come, I come, Rabbi Shua Hasam, the way I'm reading the Hayal Ella. Maybe we only, Rabbi Shua only holds, we do say Hayal, the Ika Chada, the Lay Chazi, Lay Dev, Lay Larch. Maybe because there's going to be some Chala, which is not good for him and not good for anybody else. Why not? Why can't anybody eat it? Because the dough is separated for the Kahanan. So even if anybody shows up, it's not fit for me, it's not fit for you, so we're out the window. But when we're not dealing with the separation of challah, rather we're dealing with making a lot of loaves of bread. Technically, if a regular yid would walk in, they'll be allowed to eat that loaf of bread. Maybe Hitaka would agree that we do say halal, and therefore the two machleksin are not uh, completely... Uh, I should, I, the way we should present it is the two machleksin may very well go hand in hand, but you don't necessarily come out that one holds like one and the other holds like the other. It could be one holds like two and the other one holds like two as well. The two machloksin don't necessarily work in tandem. That's the proper way to articulate this. All right. Next discussion about that machloikis. I just want to give a quick disclaimer. It may be, I may need to pause myself. At some point during this year, there's a, there's a um, Shaila about Hochashabbos that I'm waiting to hear Upsak back on. So if I get that particular phone call, I may uh, I may just pause this for a moment. So I'm just apologizing beforehand if that happens. The Rabbanon were in front of Rabbi and Rabbi And they told over this, uh, you know, this, what we call this Tzushtel, this connection between the Machlikes and Rabbi Kibler, Rabbi liked it. Rabzera did not like it. Amrlay, Rabirmiya Rabzera, Rabirmiya says Rabzera, who didn't like the connection. Nosa the Kashila and the Asya Kama Shnei. We have something over here that can really start farenfering, start answering up something that's been bothering us. And we weren't sure about what's the source as to why Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Shua argue. Hashtam Ruah, Mishmeda, Gabaraba, now all of a sudden. Rabbi Barchama has a whole shot as to why they're arguing. Oh, maybe it's a machlekas about Hayul, Vilay Nikabla, and you're not going to accept it. We don't have a better answer, so take this answer. Amarlei, Sir Abzira says, no, Echi Akabla, this is not a good answer. The Tanina, we learned in the Mishnah. Amarlei, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says from the Torah, Litvarecha Reu Aiver Mishum Baltulaisasikomalacha. According to you, that you're allowed to bake your bread on Yamtif, it says you're not allowed to do any malacha, b'shosikle, and Rebbe Eliezer didn't respond at all. Now, the Isa, if Rabbi Barachamah's take on Rebbe Eliezer's shot, that his, well, accord, again, Rabbi Barachamah holds that Rebbe Eliezer's background logic is ho'il, that we do say, we do use this principle of ho'il. So he should have said, oh, my reason is because of ho'il. And there's no uh, Isra Malacha that's being done. Amar Lay, so he says to him, Amar Lay, he says to him, I apologize, I lost the place. Oh, but according to your reasoning, that, oh, you accept this because you have no other shot. According to you, when you separate your challah on Pesach and you don't bake it, you just you just let the dough sit there. You're going to be over by Rabbi Yimotzei. 
How can you allow such a thing? And Rabbi Yeshua was quiet. Well, why didn't Rabbi Yeshua respond? We know that elsewhere in a Mishnah we learn, if Yeshua said elsewhere, this is not an issue of by Rabbi Matzik because you don't own it. So it's coming out that Rabbi Yeshua is quiet. He doesn't respond when it comes to the Brisa. But in the Mishnah, he does respond and he says, Oh, uh, you're not over by Rabbi Matzik because you don't own it. Hachanami, so do over here. We could say that Rabbi Eliezer is quiet in this b'risa, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he was quiet he didn't have an answer. He was quiet now, but elsewhere, Hitaka gave the response. He gave a, I think the proper English word is a, a rejoinder. I believe that's the word. Yeah, he gave, a, uh, he gave a proper response. That is the end of that discussion. Beautiful. All right. Now we want to find out what is Allah Khalamaisa. Practically. What do you do? What do we do over here? Tani we learned their brisa. Rabbi, I mean Rabbi says Allah Eliezer. Allah is like Rabbi Eliezer. That you should the way if you're gonna make dough on Pesach, separate your challah. I'm sorry. If you're gonna make dough on Pesach, bake everything and then separate challah only once it's baked, because now there's no no chance for chametz. That was Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. She says, Halakha is like Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Yisrael, Amar Halakha is like Ben Becerra. Rabbi Yisrael says, Halakha is like Ben Becerra. That what do you do? Keep it cold. And this way it doesn't rise. The Kamashir Isa. How much dough are you allowed to make on Pesach? Now Rashi says, that it doesn't mean like, you know, uh, somewhere in the Torah it says, make 10 pounds of dough and not 20 pounds of dough. Rather, Rashi says, the the... Gemara is asking, like, what's a safe amount of dough that if I make this dough, I can be confident it'll be baked in the appropriate amount of time and it won't turn to chametz. By chitin, it is two kaf, okay, which is 48 eggs. Um, by, by if it's barley, it's you you add a third. It's the opposite. Okay? By wheat, it's three kav. And by barley, it's two kav. It says Gamara I Bahatani And over here we're saying it's not four, it's two. So Taka, what's his opinion? Is it four kav or two kav by sir by heat and by wheat? So it says Gamar Lakash is no question. Ha. One Bryce is talking about Bechasichasa. One's talking about Sachichasa. Um, I didn't say that right. It's Chasichasa. Chasichasa. That's talking about um, where it's a very low quality uh, grain. The other one's talking about a higher quality grain. Now, a higher quality grain tends to leaven faster. The better the grain is, the more, the softer the dough is going to be and the more it will leaven. You learn from this, when you try to compare a low-level grain to a high layer, to a higher-level grain, it is more 
is more than connecting. Notice the um, there's a a wheat is more related. Low level and high level wheat is more related than low level and high level barley. Dilu hasam because by barley we say that um, it's either two or three. Baharivah. But over here, the difference between barley is just going to be a fourth, right? Because one kav, that's the whole nafkamina. And therefore, you see there's a greater difference. The difference means spread. There's a greater spread between uh, heat, uh, between low-level chita and high-level chita than low-level uh, barley and higher-level barley, period. And of uh, that halacha, another halacha, brand new halacha, Amarav, Rav says, Kaba melugna'a lepischa, when you have a kav of melugna'a on Pesach, which we're going to explain, that's what you're allowed to make in, as dough, melugna'a, uh, and also, by the way, if you want to know what's the minimum amount of dough that you're going to be obligated to separate chala on, it's also a uh, melugna. Says the Gemara of Atanya, but we learned in a brace on top of Amid Beis, Chamesh Ravon Kamach you need five quarters of flour, Va'id, and a little more. Now, five quarters we know to be one and a quarter. Okay? Chayav Mechal. That's when you're going to be obligated in Chal. And this is where we get into the whole thing, the pounds of dough that we use nowadays. Um, but you see that the shear of being obligated in chala is not a milugna'ah. It's one and a quarter kaf. It's five quarters kaf. That's what a milugna is. The measurement of a milugna is five quarters. In the middle, there's no contradiction. Okay. Here we go. Let's talk about how much dough they would make. Our women, women nowadays. They make sure to make only three quarters of a kava flour on Pesach. Okay? Now, it doesn't seem he's arguing in halacha. It seems he's agreeing you're allowed to make up to five quarters. But he's saying that nowadays people are strict and they make sure to keep it, keep it to three quarters. This way... You know it's going to be baked, and it's not going to become chumt. Amalei Abai, Abai says to his Rebbe, Rebbe Yisim, "My daitach, why? Why are we doing that? L'chumra, it's because it's good to be strict. Chumra does beikulahu. This is a strictness that's going to lead to a leniency. Sometimes you get too religious for yourself, you cause problems. Why? If a woman's going to start being careful and saying, oh, I'm not going to do more than three quarters, guess what? They're going to start separating challah when there's only three quarters of flour. We say, oh, this is already a chashva amount. We know it's supposed to be five quarters. If she starts being careful about three quarters, she's going to, people are going to start thinking, oh, it's a three quarters separate challah. And they're going to start separating challah when it's not really challah. It's not kaddish, and they're going to make it holy. They're going to, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's really not holy, and people are going to start thinking it's holy. So you're trying to be all from and religious over here. Well, your religiosity is going to lead to a lack of religiosity. There's no problem with the women doing three quarters, limiting themselves three quarters because of Rebbe Leazar. We learned to the Mishra Rebbe Leazar. I'm Rebbe Leazar. I write them nice in the south. The person should take the bread and put them in a basket. 
the, the measurement of the basket combines with the chalo that's in there, and now you got to take a, you got to be mafish. says, Halacha follows Rebbe Ezer. So here's what happened. Even though they would um, be mocked on three quarters challah, guess what? There's times where you can take a three quarters challah, you combine it in the basket. Halacha according to Rebbe anyway, is that once it's combined in the basket, you that adds to a bigger amount, and that's what the women will do. And the Mela, when they do right, they might come to separate the challah. But guess what? Even when they do separate the challah, since it's combined with the basket, it's going to be okay. So it's not a chumrah, the asili de kula. It's not going to be a, a stringency that's leading to a leniency in other areas, right? Because in the end, they'll be following halacha like Rebbe Ezra anyway. Omar Lay. So Rabbi says back to his Rebbe, but we learned about the halacha of Rebbe Lezer, Omar Bishuba Levi, that the whole halacha of Rebbe Ezra that you could combine with the basket is only when you have a, a, lo, a loaf of challah from Babel that kind of stick to each other. Avol, but ka'avin light. But if they're long and narrow, then it's not allowed. Says the Gemara. Boy, um, hoi marallah, that there's no problem because we learned about No, even if the loaves are longer and narrower loaves that don't that aren't sticky and uh, aren't necessarily the loaves of bubble still uh, we do allow them in halacha to be combined and mamela again we're back to our original answer what was our question our question was how can you allow the women to, to limit the dough on pesach it's going to end up to be a chumrah the asili they kula it's going to be to a stringency they're going to be lenient on another halacha the answer is no because any type of loaf Combines with the basket, Allah that and everything will end up being okay. Um, last Shaila before the last halacha. Boy, Rabbi asked a question, searching for information. Tovla sheinla levizvizin mahu. What happens if instead of putting the loaves of bread into a basket, you put on a a flat board? In a basket, it combines. What happens if I put on a flat board? Does it combine? Do separate loaves of bread combine? So he says, Does mamish have to be inside of a bowl together to combine? And now it's not inside anything. It's laying on top. Or does it just need to be in the same airspace to combine the different loaves in the Chiyav Chal? In the same way, the bowl's in the same airspace. So even if it's laying on a plate, it's in the same airspace and it should be allowed to combine it. Says We're not sure. Um, we have to wait for Leo and Avi to come to answer that question. Last halacha, Tani, we learned of the Mishnah. Tani, we learned that the Rebbe says, The basket, if you have loaves of bread in a basket, it all combines. Rebbe Shua says, If it's in an oven, then if it's not put all together, then it's also com- combined. Rebbe says, They need to specifically be the bread of Bavel. That can that can stick together, um, and in such a case, listen to this. He says that even even if it's not in the same basket, but if it's taka, like if you know, you ever have rolls that are like pull apart rolls, right? They're connected. Anytime something's connected, even if it's not in the same basket, you will be allowed to combine them for the measurement of chal.
period, end of the Gemara. Now we are up to a new Mishnah, although it's not a brand new topic. It's not a brand new topic, but it's a brand new discussion about a topic that we had. And here we go. The topic's going to be as follows. When they would make dough on Pesach, they would. What circumstances had to be available to the bakers to allow the dough to be there in the first place, right? In other words, you need to be set, you have to dress for success. You have to be set up. If you're going to make dough on Pesach, you must be prearranged to know that this dough will not become chametz. Everything must be in order before you start making the dough to ensure that this dough is not going to be left hanging and turn chametz because all of a sudden you got a problem. So what are these surrounding, what are the parameters of the surrounding circumstances in order to be allowed to make that dough? So here we go. Says the mission. We're about seven lines down in the wide lines on 48B. Three women are allowed to make dough at one time, and they could cook it in the oven one after the other. Okay? Now, this is a big chiddish. Rebbe Gamliel is saying that even though you know, three women know, that they're all kneading at the same time, and they're not all going to be allowed to bake, one's going to go first, one's going to go second, one's going to go third, they're aware of that, you're still allowed to all make dough initially at the same time. Okay? Only if all three women are making one dough that can be baked right away. One could knead it, one could shape it, one could bake. Okay? But they all have to be at different stages. You can't all do everything at the same stage. So one, here's, here's what you do. Woman number one comes in and eats her dough. Then she moves on and starts to shape it while the second one starts kneading her dough. When the first one finishes shaping and the second one start, uh, finishes kneading, then the first one moves on to baking, the second one moves on to shaping, and the first one moves on to kneading. They each take their time at new stages. They can't all be at the same stage. You can't give a blanket rule. It depends on how fast the woman works. It depends on the type of dough. It depends how hot the fire is. It depends uh, how hot the oven is. And therefore, says Rabbi Akiva, you can't give a blanket rule to this halacha. Here's the bottom line, says the Mishnah. Here's the rule. If a person sees that their dough is starting to leaven, if a person sees that their dough is starting to rise, um, then make sure it's put into cold water. And for that limited amount of time, in cold water, it, you'll, you'll uh, be able to ensure that it doesn't rise too much. Very short Gemara on this Mishnah with a very interesting discussion. Tanur Rabbanan, the rabbis learned in Soshuli. 
mekatefes, that if um, when a woman needs her dough, so then she should shape it. And then you should have somebody else um, who starts kneading. Once she moves on, right, woman number one is now onto the, the shaping. Woman number two starts kneading. And then once the woman number one finishes kneading, she starts to bake. The chaberta and her friend, Mekatefes Tachdel, starts to shape it. The third one comes to start kneading. Once the first woman is completely done, she can start kneading a new dough. And that's how it works, right? That's constant cycle. As long as things are constantly in motion, we're not going to come into chametz, which actually is a, not to take this, don't underestimate this last statement, um, because the what this last statement just said is that as long as the dough is constantly in motion, you're not limited to 18 minutes. You're not limited because the dough's being worked. And when you're constantly working things and putting them in motion, then um, then uh, it, it uh, inhibits the leavening process. Rabbi Kiva, I'm like Rabbi says, not all, not all women bake at the same pace. Not all ovens cook at the same pace. Not all doughs rise at the same pace. Tani, we learned in a bride's Rabbi Kiva, I'm a Rabbi Kiva, Dante, the name of Leo. I gave up sack of honor of Gamliel and I said, Ilam Rabbeinu, teach us. But Nashim's Rizais and Nashim Shane's Rizais. Were we talking about women who, uh, women referring to anybody who knows how to knead dough? I guess back then it was primarily the women who would make the dough. Um, are we dealing with women who work fast or not? Are they wet? Is it wet wood or is it dry wood that's in the oven, right? It depends how fast or slow it cooks. Oven hotter or colder. We only know we only know the words of the Mishnah, which is that um, if there's a concern of the dough starting to rise, then always go ahead and stick it into cold water, which seems to imply you don't need to be ultra careful. See, that's what seems to imply. You can start making your dough. And if you feel like you're running into problems because one lady's taking too long, so you'll put your dough into cold water. Period. End of that Gemara. Last Mishnah on today's daf. And this Mishnah Gemara is going to take us down to the bottom of the daf, and tomorrow's daf is going to be a brand new Mishnah all the way on top. So here we go. Say, are you sorry? If you have say, or if you have 11 yeast on Pesach, that also needs to be burned. Potter. But if you eat it, you're not going to be chayv karis. You know why? Because it's not considered food. Yeast was old, rotten dough. That, but if you eat it straight, that's not called food. So you're not allowed to own it on Pesach. But if you did, and even if you ate it, you're not going to be chayv karis. Siduk yisarif. If the dough starts to get cracks in it, it must be burned for eichlis chayv karis. And if you eat that, you're chayv karis. It's considered full-fledged, uh, full-fledged chomets. Ezo he say, or what's considered Sayer that you have to burn it, but if you eat it, you're still butter. That is dough that is old enough to have cracks like a grasshopper. Now Rashi explains it has cracks all over the place. Yeah, the same way a grasshopper has antennas, you know, uh, poking out. So you have cracks all over the place, right? Divrei, and what's Siduk? What's Siduk? What's cracks? 
that's where cracks have kind of uh, met up with each other, but it's not all over the place. They say in either case, no matter uh, no matter how much uh, how mu- how many cracks you have in the dough, whether it's less, whether it's more, there's you're going to be chayav ezu sayer. And according to them, what's considered what's considered sayer? If the top of the dough we had this earlier starts getting white, top of the dough starts getting white. The same way, the roots of a person's if person gets goosebumps, so the hair starts to stick up and the roots start to give off like a whitish tinge. So that color is when it gains this status of being say or being yeast. Son of the rabbis learn. And so Shri Yezu say, what's say a kol shech sif upon of God shamdu sarai? So this is the end of the Mishnah, right? When it turns white enough, it's like when it's like a person who gets goosebumps. Siduk, what is uh, mean cracked? Ke'ekarnei chagavim, like the antennas of a locust, grasshopper, debi rabbi meir, the opinion of rabbi meir, v'chomer, and the chom say, Yezu say, ke'ekarnei chagavim, say or is ke'ekarnei chagavim. Siduk is shenes arvu, stokim zebezeh, and either way, if you eat it, you are high of curries. Now, this halacha is not like our Mishnah. We learned in the Mishnah, We learned in our Mishnah, if you eat Sayer, you're not high of curries. You got to burn it. But the very first halacha Mishnah said, but if I do eat it, okay, you didn't have air. Over here, we're saying, if you ate it, your mom is high of curries. Our Mishnah said no. You're right. According to Rabbi Meir, it's Rabbi Meir who says that they're both chayiv karis. And it's not opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So bottom line is, there's no question because it's just a machlokas. So it's not a contradiction. Rabbi, Rabbi says, my time with Rabbi Meir, what is the reason for Rabbi Meir? Because it's not possible to find any cracks on top of the dough that aren't going to already have many cracks underneath it as well. And Mamela, since you have limited cracks on top, I it's not so leavened. No, you say, if you would know how many cracks are underneath it that you're not noticing, you would realize this is fully leavened. And that's why I paskin that you're actually going to be Chayav Kharis. Okay, we're going to hold it here. And tomorrow's daf is going to bring us back to the beginning of Psachim. We're going to leave this topic for a little bit of the creation of Chametz, I'm going to go back to the uh, proper times of getting rid of Chametz, and what do you do when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos? If Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, how exactly do you get rid of all your Chametz? Okay, we'll hold it here for today. What time?